Welcome to Hair Like Hers, a show all about women's hair health and wellness, giving you access to leading experts in the beauty, health, and medical industries, and sharing their experiences, treatments, and helpful tips with you. I'm your host, Shab Reslin, born into the hair industry and a hair health expert in NYC. There is a major lack of resources, clarity, and solutions for women and their unique hair struggles. I've dedicated myself to the research and study of hair growth, hair health, and the scalp because women need more guidance and access to effective solutions. Why women? Because the topic has always been a taboo thing and I'd like to change that. I want to illuminate the importance of overall health and the best daily practices it takes. So join me in discovering the secrets to truly being your best self and to have the best hair of your life now and forever. Hello, my dear listener. Thank you so much for listening in. And a big shout out to those of you who have dropped a line on my IG at Shab Hair Expert. Love meeting you all and hearing your feedback. It's the best feeling ever. You are going to absolutely love today's episode featuring Dr. Gaby Longsworth, the owner of Absolutely Everything Curly. She is a mom, wife, PhD scientist, certified hair practitioner, and a biotech pharmaceutical patent attorney that is a mouthful. Absolutely Everything Curly is the unbiased and science-backed go-to source for people with all types of curly and wavy hair. It is a subscription-based educational space created to help those with all types of curly wavy hair to discover and embrace their hair in its natural form while saving time and money in the process. In this episode, we get deep on what ingredients to look for, how to identify products for your hair type, and if they're even working. We even chat about Gaby's favorite hair accessories and the journey to graying gracefully which is really interesting for those of you who would like to eventually do this or have already begun she puts an amazing perspective on this you can check out Gaby's site at absolutelyeverythingcurly.com and she also has a facebook group where she will answer all your curly haired questions find all the links in the show notes here it is you guys Gaby longsworth welcome to the hair like hers podcast how you doing today Thank you. Great. I'm so happy to be here. It's so amazing to have you. I'm so lucky we found you for the show. I think that you have an incredible resource online that people really need. And I'm very excited to chat about that and show everybody kind of what it is that you're offering and talk all things curly, coily, wavy hair. This is going to be such a mega, mega episode. I'm sure so many people will take a lot from. So let's get into it why don't you give us a little bit of a background about you and what brought you to create absolutely everything curly.com great yeah so um, by training i'm a phd scientist so i've always had this urge and this need to learn the why behind everything uh and as you can see i have super curly hair myself and it's been it's been a struggle for most of my life because most folks are not trained. Stylists are not really trained in curly hair. I grew up in a country that was incredibly tropical, humid, um, and didn't have the right hair products. So you can just imagine how I went through my teenage years. Where was that? Where um, did you grow up? I grew up in South America in this little country called Suriname, right above the equator. So super humid. 
lots of rain uh, uh, situations down there and not a lot of hair products, frankly, to choose from. So I didn't know about sulfates and all of this other stuff for curly hair, no idea. My parents had no idea either. Um, and then coming to the States and, um, you know, sort of bumbling along until I want to say probably it was maybe 15 years ago when I finally felt like I figured out how to take care of my hair, but I still didn't have the techniques down, you know, so I would have to go through this daily wetting and styling, which is just not doable, especially in the winter, you know, just leaving the home with wet hair was just a nightmare, but drying it took forever. So it was really, I would say, because of COVID, you know, horrible situation, COVID, but thank you, COVID, at the same time, because it kind of gave me more time, uh, free time, because uh, I couldn't travel like I usually do for work. And so I started actually really researching hair and hair products and ingredients and the why behind it. You know, I started joining a lot of Facebook groups and Reddit hair groups. And just the sheer um, volume of women saying, I don't know what to do with my hair. I realize there's other women who don't know what to do with their hair either, their curly hair. So I just thought there was a need for really accurate educational information, science-backed as to why ingredients work or don't work, why some hair products work for some people's hair but not for other people's hair, techniques that work and why they work to take the guesswork out of it. That's and you've like... Said you've like put your hair through all the different climates too. So that definitely makes you an expert on the subject, having to just navigate all that. Exactly. Cause I used to live in the North. So it was winter, you know, I had to learn to, to deal with my hair in the winter, which I'd never done before. And then now I live in Florida. So that's again, back to humid uh, situation. So True. yeah, I think I've been through it all. Your water, the environment, uh, indoor temperature, outdoor temperature, all of that really does impact your hair. And for those of you that are not watching this on YouTube, Gaby's hair is unreal. It is thick. It's long past her shoulders. The curl is unbelievable. Oh, and you. you're, and you're beautiful yourself beyond Aww. just flawless, but also yeah. you're growing your natural hair color out that was a big that was a big deal I'd been coloring my hair for at least 20 years I started turning gray pretty early in fact my mother started turning gray in her teens so it was sort of a genetic thing in the family and I think thankfully I didn't start until my 20s but the thing that you did as soon as you saw a gray hair we should colored it immediately in my family all my aunts colored you know my mother colored till the day she died complete denial complete denial like you just do not show it you know a little root shows up and you freak out so it was like every three weeks I was coloring my hair the hairdresser I mean that gets old really fast and also because I started really seriously focusing on health and you know my husband has a lot of allergies so we had to sort of change the way we ate and I started we started becoming super super healthy doing like paleo and just Completely, everything in my house is completely natural, organic, healthy. And I'm like, but why am I putting this stuff on my head when I'm trying to be healthier on the inside? So that's sort of where I had this epiphany that you need to stop right just now. Stop just, altogether. Just stop altogether. It's just amazing, culture. you know, and it's it looks like it's halfway there, right? Yeah. How, how long has that been now that you've been growing it out? August is two years. It yeah, wow. Forever. Right, because your, hair, so your curly, hair is so right? curly. And I don't want to cut it. I don't want to cut it all off no. and start short. I just want to, I'll just be patient. <laughs> it's growing out really nicely, actually. I think it looks great. I think the curl actually helps it blend out really beautifully. 
And um, you just have like good quality hair too. It's really healthy looking. It's really thick. So you can pull it off, right? I think it's more difficult when women that become that gray, like later in life, right? You're still really young, like later in life, then the quality of the hair can decline. And so growing it out maybe isn't as easy as you would have it right now with this like gorgeous, gorgeous Mm -hmm. hair, which we're going to get into because you obviously have a lot of things up your sleeves. (laughs) We're going to expose it all for everybody. Let's get into our first question, Gaby. We're talking choosing ingredients, right? So how can you help the listeners with specific ingredients and products and product types? You know, what do they need to know? How can they walk away being um, a lot more informed today? Sure, sure. And it's, it's, it's definitely a really big subject. So I'm going to try to just focus on the highlights. Um, But I think too often there are women who see other women with a certain hair type, love their curls and just go, what products are you using? And then they go out and buy those products and then they assume their hair will look like that. And sometimes it may, and a lot of times it won't, because unless you know your hair characteristics and start from that point, you will not know for sure what products to purchase. So the first thing I would advise anyone is to take a good hair quiz. And there are many online, including on my website, little plug. Um, But the quiz will will help you figure out, first of all, what is your hair porosity? And it's not that difficult. Typically, if you bleach a lot, if you have chemically relaxed your hair or treated it in another way, if you've colored it like I used to color mine, it's typically going to be high porosity, meaning that the cuticle layer on the hair shaft is not nice and flat it's raised, Um, they sort of, the hairs kind of sort of catch on each other and everything is a little more frizzy and a little more dry, right? Because moisture goes in and moisture leaves immediately as well. So you have to use also completely different techniques if you have high porosity hair, right? To keep the moisture in. Versus if your hair is super healthy, you know, like my roots are all low porosity because I haven't done anything to them, right? So that means the cuticles are a lot flatter there in some instances, which makes moisture harder to get into. But once it's in there, it's in there. So that means I can't use products on part of my hair or anyone who has low porosity hair that are going to just sit on top of the hair and just weigh it down. So that's just one little example, but I'll give a few more specifics. Then yeah, the that's other a thing great, to, great start, right? Because that's right yes, off the, the bat. The other thing is your, your density. Yeah. Right. What about your hair density? Like you said, I have a lot of hair, so I can slather on heavier products and not have everything stick to my scalp. Um, but if I didn't, if I had low density hair, if my hair was very thin, you have to be very careful because you can't use a lot of heavy products, heavy in oils and butters, or you need more perhaps water soluble type of product so that it doesn't weigh the hair down. You may not have super defined curls because the more defined your curls are, if you have, if you don't have a lot of hair, you're going to see your scalp. It's going to look very thin. So you may have to sacrifice, uh, you know, the fine curls for more def- for more uh, volume. Then also the strength thickness is really important. Like how thin or thick are your hair strands? How coarse? And because I am racially mixed, my dad's side is like white, Jewish, Dutch, and my mom's side is like black, Chinese. I mean, I'm like the weirdest combination, right? I have this, I literally have three different types of hair on my head. It makes it very, very tricky sometimes, like really super coarse hair, like so thick, looks like nylon thread. And then I have these really, really fine hairs and then sort of in the middle, a whole mixture. So I have a lot of complication going on between the gray the dark, the low porosity, high porosity, different strands of hair. 
So all of that you have to take into consideration right. um, when you choose your products. Yeah, it's so smart. I think it's it's important for people to start to recognize their hair, just like they have to recognize their skin before they buy a product, right? Like, how do you know which category you fall into? Well, it starts with understanding all the different things that you have to identify and realize that your best friend's shampoo might not be the right one for you, right? And, and it isn't just what one person likes and what works for them that is uh, guaranteed to work for you also. So this is really great, KB. Like that's an excellent way of breaking it down. Porosity, the ability to kind of absorb moisture, density, how much hair do you have, your texture, your thickness, right? What does each one feel like? These are so, so, so key. I'm so happy you brought those up. What would you say, should we get into like ingredients and shampoos and conditioners? I mean, let's get specific with products, kind of what to look for. Sure. So let's start with shampoos, right? Shampoos are so important um, because that's the way to cleanse your scalp. Scalp is skin. And if you don't cleanse your scalp properly, you know, you may have buildup, itching, inflammation of the hair follicles, all kinds of things. That said, you have to be really careful about what kind of shampoo you use. And you may actually use a different shampoo shab than I do because my hair, curly hair and coily hair is typically already drier because of the curls. You know, the, the cuticle layer is a little bit more raised already because it curls so much. So we have to still use a clarifying shampoo, but we have to be careful about the shampoo that we use and the pH of the shampoo. So as an example, um, sulfates have gotten a bad rap, right? Especially in the curly coily world. And it's for a reason. Um, Typically, sulfate, sulfated shampoos are formulated at a higher pH, meaning they're more basic. And anything basic are also extremely acidic, but anything basic will raise the cuticle layer. Now, this is supposed to be a good thing because by raising the cuticle layer, you know, the water can get in and the dirt can get out. And this is how you sort of cleanse, cleanse your hair and your scalp. But if you have curly and coily hair, and if you wash too often, that is going to start to have a very drying effect and it's going to make the hair very frizzy. So it's much better if you're curly or coily to use a shampoo that has an acidic pH, sort of in the six to seven range. Seven is neutral, which is the pH of water. Sort of a highly acidic pH is is the perfect pH for shampoo. But you can't find a shampoo typically that has a pH printed on it because the manufacturers don't tell you what the pH is. So you don't actually really know unless you test it yourself with pH strips. And this is very sciencey, whatever, but I actually have a box of pH strips because I want to know what the pH of my products is. Um, Um, People use pH strips to test the the pH of their urine. Let's put that out there. I've definitely done that. There's wellness brands that send them to you because you're supposed to take their like alkaline powders or whatever to help with your internal pH. And they give you these strips to test how effective it is. So those strips go a long way. They sure do. They sure do. Um, now, you typically will know without even testing the pH, if you use a certain uh, shampoo on your curly hair and your hair feels terrible afterwards and it feels completely frizzy and completely, you just can't even get your fingers in there, it probably has an alkaline pH because your hair does not like that pH. The pH of your scalp is 4.5 to 5.5. That's the ideal pH. So if you want your shampoo to sort of be in the upper, upper 6, 7 pH, like I said. Now, once you have figured out a pH and, you know, there's, there's ways to, I mean, I have a lot of guides on my website that give you the different pHs and, or the different shampoos that would be good for curly and coily hair. 
Um, but once you have figured out which shampoo works well for you, then you will obviously rinse, you rinse that out with water, uh, and then you need to use a conditioner. Now, the reason why a conditioner is a really good thing, almost an essential thing really, is because is, most conditioners have a very lower acidic pH, so sort of in the three, four range. So imagine you have the pH of the shampoo, the water is seven, and then the conditioner brings it back to the, the pH that your, your hair and your scalp likes between four and a half and five and a half. And the right conditioner should have a lot of slip so that you really can glide your fingers through to detangle. Detangle obviously is super important if you have curly, coily hair because a lot of hairs get, you know, loose. You lose 50 to 100 hairs per day anyway. So that sort of gets stuck in the curls. And if you don't get those out, you're just going to end up with tangles. You're going to rip them. It's going to break. You know, you go in the other direction. I'm really happy you brought that up because that's something important a lot of people can benefit realizing is that, yeah, the more textured your hair is, it's not falling to the ground. So if you're used to losing a lot of hair in the shower, do not be alarmed, especially if it's been like that for always. Do not be alarmed. That's perfectly normal. Whereas somebody that's got straighter and shorter hair would rarely see any hair come out in the shower because it's already fallen right over the course exactly. of however many days since super they've shampooed important. so super important yeah. right yeah a lot of people freak out you know if, especially if they wash once a week which is really plenty plenty often to wash once a week yeah and they will see you know 400 hairs and they completely freak out but that's completely normal because it's accumulated for a whole week it's accumulated exactly yeah so if you're pulling out like a whole furball little animal don't worry. <laughs> That's why you have so much hair coming out. So, so this is how the sort of the shampoo and the conditioner work hand in hand to get your hair back at that perfect pH. And again, you really should, if your conditioner is not nice and slippery, you need to be a little concerned because the less least amount of slip it has, the more you're going to tug and pull. And this is where some folks bring in a brush in the shower and start brushing. And I would really recommend not doing that. It's so much better to just finger detangle. If it's still, you still get stuck in there, put more conditioner, put more water and get it out first with your fingers. Then you use a wide tooth comb and gently do that. The reason why is because our hair is mostly made up of keratin, as you of course know, but some of our listeners may not know that it's the majority is keratin and keratin is held together and other proteins with these bonds, right? There are salt bonds, there are these um, hydrogen bonds, there are disulfide bonds and the bond to these bonds are like one third of the strength of the hair. One third hydrogen bonds, one third salt bonds, one third disulfide bonds. The disulfide bonds are only broken with high alkaline substances like chemical treatments and other things, right? So those are generally not going to be touched when you're washing your hair, but hydrogen bonds are broken down by water. So as soon as your hair is wet, one third of the strength is gone. And then when you add a shampoo on top of that, the, the alkaline pH, then you also break the salt bonds. So another third of the strength is gone. So you, that's why they say that your hair is in a weakened state when it's wet. It's only one third of strength left. You start brushing that and pulling, you're going to break pieces here. And then you're like, oh, my hair's not growing. Or it's all uneven because you've tugged at it so much when you're, when you're, when you're shampooing and, and, and conditioning that you've broken it off. So you have to be super careful. I really do not recommend using a brush in the shower. I know some I people do it. I think you just explained that so beautifully, so perfectly. I'm so happy you went into depth with that because you cannot stress enough how damaging it is 
brushing your hair wet. You got to be so, so, so careful. Because doing that every time you wash your hair is enough to literally never get the hair that you want. Easy. Exactly. And that's, and you know, everybody's hair grows pretty much half an inch a month. I mean, it's very rare for people to have some situation that their hair does not grow, but that is the normal speed, right, of hair growth. So you should be able to grow your hair longer if you wish to, you know, you need to keep it healthy. And, and healthy is not just from the outside, but also from the inside, what you put in your body, which makes a huge difference. You know, a lot of deficiencies will cause all kinds of issues. And I know we're not going to go into that and you're, you yourself are a certified trichologist, so you know all about that, but that's a whole nother discussion. My goodness, um, it really is, right? A whole other day, oh, a, whole a whole other, other episode. <laughs> a whole other episode. Okay, so maybe um, can you can you connect yeah. some ingredients in, in like connecting hair characteristics to ingredients? Can so, we start to get um, specific with maybe what people can look for? Yeah, we can definitely get specific. So in shampoos, to take a step back, um, if you, 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 like I said, we need, we all need a clarifying shampoo. You do not need to use a clarifying shampoo every single day. In fact, you should not wash your hair every single day. If you work out every day and you have like this massive sweater and you have no choice but to wash your hair every day, fine. But then use a co-wash, you know, use a conditioning wash and alternate a conditioning wash. We didn't even talk about, but that's sort of a special conditioner that has some shampoo qualities within the lower pH range that just moisturize, moisturizes your hair. It cleanses somewhat, but it's not really meant to be cleansing. It's just to remove the, you know, the sweat. I've never um, really used it. Actually, I've only used one. I, I take that back. Uh, it's been um, a while. Are there, do you see co-washes out there? Like, are there brands that oh, are tons kind of innovating the co-wash? Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why I would I would highly recommend if someone wants to use a co-wash because they need to wash more often than once a week to use one that is specially formulated that says co-wash. I know some people use conditioners, but again, they have a different pH, right? So you have to be careful that you understand the reasoning behind someone. It's not just marketing. There's sometimes a really good scientific reason behind it. So one of my guides is all about co-washes. It probably has 100 co-washes. I mean, there are a lot of them out there. Right. Um, so that's a good a good option if you need to wash your hair more often. But in terms of shampoos, you know, olefin sulfonate is a um, surfactant that is like a sulfate, but it works. It's actually active at a lower pH, whereas sulfates are active at a higher pH. So because olefin sulfonate is active at a lower pH, that means, again, it's in that that sweet spot that your hair likes, that pH that your hair likes. And it's also that's they can actually formulate the shampoo is with olefin sulfonate in that really good pH range. It's still very clarifying, so you can't use it every day. It's going to dry your hair if you don't use it too often, but it's not as bad and damaging as sulfates are to curly and coily hair. You know, this does not apply to folks with straight hair that's very oily. That's a whole nother discussion. This exactly. is really cool. curly, yeah. coily. Yes, somewhat. exactly. You're right. Like, good to just, um, you know, remind remind everybody what this is about because it is a completely different conversation altogether exactly yeah very few curlies and coilies would complain of an oily scalp it's highly right. unusual because we just don't have we already have na naturally drier hair and less active sebaceous glands and just that's just the way it is so that's one example i think of a clarifying shampoo um there are other shampoos that are even more gentle if you don't need a clarifier, if your hair is clean, you just want to want to wash it. So, you know, some of them have amphotheric surfactants is what we call them. They have both a negative and a positive charge. 
which is really interesting, kind of interesting molecule. So once it's, if it's in an acidic pH, it will behave more like an olefin sulfonate. And it's a very gentle, non-irritating. Um, I think a, a, a example of one is a betaine, cocomidopropyl betaine. You'll see that very often. That's a really good one. And it's sometimes also co-formulated with olefin sulfonate, for example. So those are, you know, if you look for those two, that will give you a good sense of where to start. That works for most folks. And in terms of conditioners, you know, conditioners with really good slip, um, there are certain ingredients that provide that. So for example, anything that has marshmallow root, slippery elm, you can hear these terms, they already sound like slippery, they're plant derived, they're very mucusy like, mm -hmm. you know, like okra, okra gel is another one. Interesting. Those provide incredible slip and they're healthy, they're natural, they're plant derived. So those are really good ones. Um, and then there's also a host of fatty alcohols. Now alcohols in general, just straight up alcohols like ethanol, propanol, those are very drying to hear, kind of like sulfate. So this is why most folks try to avoid having alcohols in their products if you're curly or coily. But fatty alcohols are okay. So this is confusing because, you know, folks see satirical alcohol, they're like, oh, there's an alcohol in here. Right. Don't buy it. But that's actually a fatty alcohol. Yeah, so no, I'm so happy you're, you're clarifying this. Yeah, and there's a whole host of those. Um, settle alcohol and satirical alcohol. Those are very, very popular and very common. Also, behentrimonium sulfate is another one. It sounds like a sulfate, but it's not a sulfate. See, it's very confusing for folks. <laughs> I don't forget why. It is. I mean, you look at the back of any bottle and, and words seem to just be evolving and like new words start to come out, which could have, you know, once been written another way or given another name. So exactly. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I think, you know, you, you need to really find almost, you know, and I have one on my website, a list of the good ingredients that you can literally keep with you. And then it's, you know, if you happen to be in the store and you just want to know, at least you have a list, a checklist handy or cheat sheet so that you can make sure that whatever you buy doesn't have anything that's not going to so great. You. You're like helping people just make their own decisions. Exactly. Educated yeah. decisions, you know, to get the guesswork out of it. This is not guesswork. It doesn't need to be guesswork. This is science. Hair science. It's actually pretty straightforward once you know what to look for. And once you can figure out, this is not going to work for my hair. Why is it not going to work for my hair? Because of these reasons, you'll be able to make those decisions. So that's in terms of conditioners. Taking a quick break here to thank the sponsor of this episode, Urban Alchemy. They are the first professional brand to provide a 100% customizable hair care experience for everyone. Whether your hair is curly, textured, fine, thick, or Anything in between. Every hair type is different and has unique needs, and Urban Alchemy is on a mission to accomplish the best possible salon quality results for all individuals. Urban Alchemy is launching this week at Sally Beauty with a full line of detox and therapy products, fully customizable prescription hair care, and more. Make sure to follow them at Urban Alchemy Official on Instagram. That's U R B A N A L C H E M Y Official to stay up to date on the latest innovations and all the excitement. Back to the show. What about leave-ins, right? These products that we have to, they're designed to be left in, not to be rinsed out specifically. Exactly. Oh my goodness. I don't think I would be alive or function without a leave-in. You know, my hair soaks it up like 
And, right. and it just makes a huge difference. You know, if I did without leave-in versus with leave-in, you would see two different gabies right now. So the leave-in, again, after you rinse out your conditioner, remember the pH of water is seven. So now you've raised the, your, your scalp and your hair pH is higher again because you've rinsed it. So to get it back to that preferred range, this is where the leave-in comes in. And if you have highly dense, coarse, curly, coily hair, you can use a lot of leave-in. I mean, I'm talking, I probably use four handfuls. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you I know, believe for each it. Section, for each section. If you don't have a lot of hair, then by all means, just use as much as little, little as you need, right? You can use just a little bit, but it's really important, I think, for everyone to use a leave-in. I don't care how thin your hair is, you need a leave-in to get it back to that pH, which will help your cuticle layer be all nice and happy, not all frizzy. Um, and then there's water-soluble ingredients in leave-in conditioners. Um, anything that has that is an oil or a butter in the first five ingredients, or the first six after water. So usually in an, in an ingredients list, the first ingredient you'll see typically is water. Sometimes it's aloe vera juice or something like that, but typically water. The first five after that, those six together make up probably 50 to 85% of the content of that product. And everything yeah. else after that is in smaller percentages. Again, we don't know what they are because manufacturers don't have to publish this information. I wish they did, but that would be giving away their trade secrets. So they are required to list the ingredients from highest to lowest, but they don't have to tell us the exact percentages. So we right. have to guess a little bit. But if you see an oil or a butter, you know, mango butter, or shea butter, cocoa butter, if you see that in the first five, you know, an avocado oil, jojoba oil, uh, coconut oil, and so many oils that are fantastic. If you see those in the first five or six, uh, two or three of them, that's going to be a heavy product. If you okay. want to have nice voluminous hair, you can't use those because it's going to weigh your hair down, especially if you have th fine hair strands. Um, so you want to avoid those. If they're okay. later on, it's okay. But you want to find those other products that are not one of those that I just mentioned, or some of the others that I mentioned. Whereas for me, I, ha I, I have to use something that has an oil or a butter or both. In right. The You're like, give them all to me in the top six, all of them. Give, give them all. <laughs> all the oils. <laughs> exactly. All the good fats. Exactly. Right. I love that. But then there's protein. And protein is, I think, a highly confusing subject for some people. So the more damaged your hair is, you know, chemically treated, bleached, colored, whatever, and if it's if it's um, if it looks like it needs some help, it looks extremely frizzy, whatever, you probably want certain proteins in your hair products. You may need them in every single product that you use. You don't want to overload with protein because then your hair is going to feel dry and feel like straw. Yes. But you may, if you're amazing point amazing right. point you brought up, which is why so many of these um, bond repairing products and these like leave-in treatments, people will go crazy, go to town and spray a lot, right? Which I, I don't blame anybody for doing that, wanting to just completely yes. saturate their hair in these, in, in these products. But it's so true. You mentioned too much protein will have the opposite effect. That's right. Protein overload is what right. we call that. And if you notice that happening, then you want to just do every other product. Maybe your leave-in has protein, but your cream doesn't. And then maybe your, your styler, your gel has some protein. 
or vice versa. It, it really depends. And you, there's no way to predict that particular part. You have to kind of test it out. You know, and I always thought, oh, my hair is so dense and thick. I don't need protein. You know, I would try to avoid all protein, all my products and have only moisturizing products. Well, then it kind of hung limp. Right. Right. So everybody needs protein. You just may not need as much, but you need some. There's like this protein moisture balance that we always hear about. And that's true. And what forms of protein do you specifically recommend for curly, coily, wavy hair? So if your hair is fairly healthy, like my hair is fairly healthy, except for the colored parts, which obviously turned in high porosity, but it's fairly healthy. So I try to only use products that have hydrolyzed proteins. Hydrolyzed proteins are proteins that have been broken down into smaller bits. So they're actually able to get inside the hair shaft where they can repair it from the inside out. Right. And they can sit a little bit on the outside as well and, you know, help with any gaps or, you know, where the cuticle layer may have gaps or whatever. So hydrolyzed proteins are perfect for me and I can use it in my leave-in. I can use a little bit in a cream, not too much. I try to alternate products, right? right? So that's why I have a whole collection of products. Like today I want to use this one. It has no protein and I'll do this one with protein. and without. like, I always switch it up. I like to mix it up all the time. Um, but if you have damaged hair that where you can tell for sure, you're going to have some gaps in that cuticle layer. Um, then you want to also have some that have the non-hydrolyzed proteins in there, like just says keratin, for example, or quinoa or silk protein. Those are not broken down. So they're, they're, they're larger molecules and they sort of right. sit on top of the hair, kind of like repairing a roof. Wow. You know, you're missing some shingles and it sort of fills in those gaps. Um, so that combination, I think, would be ideal. And again, you may first try, okay, I'm going to put it in every product and you go, oh my gosh, my hair is completely protein overloaded because it feels like straw. Okay. So now, you know, that was too much. I'll switch something else out that has no protein. That's so true. Like I just, I I think like so many people are going to be able to relate to this, right? They use something, they got something new and they're like, why does my hair feel drier? I, I, this is supposed to be really moisturizing. This is supposed to be repairing. And now my hair feels awful. This is important for people to recognize it's not that the product's not delivering what it promised. It's just that it might be too much for you. Exactly. Your porosity type might not be able to absorb this the way that it needs to, or it's just sitting on the cuticle, it's building up. Mm-hmm. And that you might want to scale it back and then maybe alternate with something else, right? So you still have the benefits, but but not too much, not overdoing it. Exactly. Which is why I never pay attention that much, honestly, to the name of the product. You know, because it will have all these magical words, you know, repair, this, that, whatever. I just go straight to the ingredients list and it's all right there. (laughs) You know, you don't have to figure it out. I just avoid, because that's marketing. You obviously do the same thing with your food labels. Let's be honest. Oh my gosh. You're like, what's really in this thing? Turn it around. All the time. Anything more than seven ingredients? I don't want it. It's just too much. You can't catch Gaby with the marketing terms. She (laughs) flips that package right over. <laughs> first, first thing I do, let me just check the list. I ask my husband all the time, I'm like, what did you buy? Did you read the ingredients list? No, I just grabbed it. I'm like, well, He's look, like it, it says has, it says gluten free. <laughs> right. But, but it has high fructose corn syrup. It has all this other junk. We can't d- garbage. <laughs> garbage. Doesn't pass the Gaby test. No. But you know, Shab, you know, like the rice water protein, you know, the rice water um, right reliefs and, yes. and that goes wrong there's truth to it now why is why does that work for some people because rice water has protein right 
So if you prepare the right way, it's just like buying an expensive rice water product, but you've made your own little protein treatment. Not too much, right. but that's why why it can work for some people. Have you ever actually tried the rice water rinse? Have you done way it? Way too much work for me. No, way too much work for me. Yeah. <laughs> I did it one time. Oh, did you? I, did it work? You know, it's so difficult to tell because my hair condition is already so like good. I take such good care of my hair that it's so shiny. Yeah, it is. It is really in such great. Thank you. In such great condition that it's difficult for me to tell if it had much of a benefit. I feel like it did really like seal the hair nicely. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it's a matter of, you know, how much of a long-term effect does that have? And and is that something you must continue to do? And is it going to work because it's not in a product that's made you know, with chemicals, right? It's not a specially formulated product. So mm-hmm. I often wonder just how beneficial something like that would be. And if it is worth the hassle of, like you said, that's too much I think work. It's very, I think it's very beneficial actually for yeah. the do-it-yourselfers. I think it's a right. great, a great way to do it. And I've even seen some folks where they really make it very thick. They kind of sieve it and they make the the, the rice water protein muck very oh, wow. thick and then take a spoonful of that and mix it with their conditioner, their deep conditioner Fabulous. and use that and it works, works great. That's so you can make your own protein treatment. Look at that. Yeah. Very I don't have the time or the patience to do right. that. I just, I have to buy products, but I make sure that I have, you know, lists of products that I can choose from that have the other beneficial properties that I want and nothing right. bad in there. But, you know, they're because there's so many products on the market, you don't have to settle for anything bad. You right. can, you, you right? There's 7,000 plus products out there, at least that I counted. Well, so. Gaby has a guide for all of this stuff online on the <laughs> website. Like there is no shortage of resources there. It's actually, it's incredible. It's impressive. So if anybody wants to really get specific, they can go and download your guides, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You don't have to, uh, some guides are free. Um, and this is information gathered from multiple sources, things that have worked for other people all put in one convenient place. So you don't have to go scour the web reading, you know, getting into the rabbit hole of, uh, Facebook groups or whatever. No, you've already done that for us all. I've already, already done the work. I have, and I'm, and I'm saying all like myself too. I have naturally wavy, crazy, frizzy hair, just like FYI, in case nobody realized I do fall within this category. Amazing. <laughs> Yeah, she's, she's wild. We just tame her, you know? She must be tamed. Yes. yes. Gaby, can we get into accessories for curly hair and how to use them? What are some of your favorite accessories? Absolutely. Starting with wash day, my little scalp massager brushy thingy, you know, the soft silicone thing. Oh my gosh. That thing is like, I have like a spa day when I wash my hair on Sundays. I swear. That's what I, I, love- I call it. It's spa day. I love it. I play my yeah. music in the bathroom. I got my, you know, I have my water filter because folks, if you have bad water, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you do with your products. You're going to have the best products and the best techniques and your hair is going to look like crap and you're going to wonder why. This is true. Hard water. This is true. Sure. That is something sure you cannot good. deny. Yeah. And I literally have another filter. We have a whole house filter system, but then I have another filter on my shower head specifically for me <laughs> that I use when I wash my hair amazing right because there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of crap in the water that makes you know sits on your hair um so i got my little scalp massager love that 
Um, then I have to have my, I used to use a lot of microfiber towels, but mm -hmm. for some reason, my hair does not like those. I have to use my husband's giant soft white cotton t-shirts to microfop. Uh, interesting. What was it that the microfiber wasn't uh, doing for you? Or it just makes it my hair it? frizzy. So, uh, you know, when I try to get the excess water out, it just frizzes my hair. So obviously, you know, the way my hair, my hair strands, the structure just hooks onto the, still hooks onto the microfiber. So it doesn't work for me. But for some right. people, it does. But you definitely right, need so, some sort so of... So it's like the fibers aren't even like small enough for you. Yeah, that makes They're sense. They're not small enough. I can see yeah. that. It's not the smoothest towel. It's yeah. not actually. Whereas the white, cheap cotton t-shirts, you know, especially the soft ones, completely smooth. Yeah. So that worked beautifully for me. And then I also love, and I know you love this too, Shab, my okay. Tangle Teaser. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. I love that way more than my Denman brush. Well, it's I mean, magical. What, what are you using your Tangle Teaser brush for? Right? Like, when are you using it? So, so after I, so in the shower, I put my leave in and my cream. And then when I get outside the shower, I do my tangle teaser in sections. Everything has to be sectioned, folks. If you do not section your hair, you're not going to have nice curls. But so I have lots of hair clips and things so I can section yeah. my hair. And then I do sections completely smooth like a ribbon, right? It's literally smooth like a ribbon with my tangle teaser. And then I take my gel, emulsify that, and glide it down and coat each strand with my Eco Slay gel, which I love. Oops, probably shouldn't even say products, but that one is just so amazing. That's okay. <laughs> and, and, then, and, then, and then you just leave it, leave it alone and let it dry. But that's how I use my tangle teaser. It's amazing. The difference is amazing. Right. Because it like helps distribute the product. It'll basically. Um, yeah. Get the cuticle layers smooth down like one direction. Separate the curls. Exactly. All the, you know, all the little things that may be still hooking in different direction. It just gently. You know, we're doing this very gently and the hair is nicely detangled, folks. So we're not yeah. pulling or tugging. Exactly. That's the only time I use a brush. That's right. And I then, of course, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, if you're gentle enough in the shower, you shouldn't have to be fighting your hair. Exactly. I like say this over and over again to clients and women that I know mm -hmm. about. What do you mean don't brush your hair in the shower or when you get out of the shower? Like, how's that possible? My hair's a bird's nest when I get out. And I'm like, it should not be like. Nope. You need to look at nope. how aggressively you may be shampooing that you're causing it to tangle in that fragile That's state. Exactly. Maybe your shampoo has a high pH. That's go. definitely going to tangle it up and you'll come out of bird's nest and that right. something is wrong. It should be nice and all smooth. Right. You shouldn't have to fight your hair. No. I say no, that. Like it's, it's an enjoyable process, the whole thing. It really is. It really is. Okay. Really so is. let's... Let's talk about one last thing. Let's finish up with this. Now, we, we touched on how you've been graying gracefully. Let's talk about, you know, what that journey is like and how maybe somebody that may be going through it or thinking about it can also, you know, ease into it. Yeah, sure. Um, I think, and it's different for every person. I totally get that. And, and it's a lot of societal pressure, right? Some, sometimes people's family and friends are very, very mean. You know, they say the sure. most horrible things like, oh, you look old and you look whatever. Like you let yourself go. It's the oh, phrase no. people use. I'm like, who <laughs> came up with that? <laughs> so it's really a personal decision and you really have to feel strongly about it to do it. But the benefits obviously are you save gobs of money, first of all, because that every three, four week trip um, it's not going to happen. But obviously, you're still going to see your stylist for other reasons, but not to color. 
the health benefits are huge. And sometimes people stop coloring after they have an incident, you know, like they have been diagnosed with breast cancer or something. And, and then, you know, the physicians say you really should sure. not do any of those things. And then they stop. So you know, you want to get to that point. Yeah. Um, so I think it's to be aware of what's going to happen. It's going to be hard at the beginning because it's going to look like you let yourself go because you have like different colors going on. But once you get to a certain point, you really start to appreciate the process. It just is also a lesson in patience, honestly, because it's so slow. Oh, my gosh. You know, we're in such a society that anything you want, you can get overnight shipped, you know, and this is a very it's a real process to go through. Um, but the benefits are so enormous. First of all, I had all kinds of new hair growth. I didn't even know that the dye was, was actually hindering my, my hair growth. And especially at my, at the thinning edges, which you kind of get as you go older. Right? right. I was, I could not believe, I still can't believe how many new hairs have sprouted significantly. So if you have thinning hair, dyeing is definitely causing it to thin more and stopping. It will be a nice surprise. Right now. Gray hairs are a little drier, though. So if you have I curly was just going to say, did you drier, notice right? a change in your texture? Absolutely. Um, but not in the sense that it doesn't actually seem drier. It's just that they're so wiry um, and they're low porosity. So they can, like, stick straight up until they're long enough. You know, they have to get a chance to grow more. But when they first come out, they're, like, sticking all over the place. So it makes it a little... Uh, it's a little frightening at first. And you know, you can you can use a little mascara brush with some gel and smooth things down. Like it's not no reason to panic, but the benefit is that it's new hair growth. So it's all good. Um, you do definitely need more moisture because you know, gray hair is is uh is drier, like I said, and it's also very um it's it's transparent. So anything that you bring into contact with it that can get absorbed easily like if you get your if you use vitamin c serum for your face and you get it too close to those gray hairs they're going to turn yellow because it just absorbs it so you have to be really careful yeah is that even with like a clear color vitamin c serum then it probably is okay but usually they have like a little color the little yellow i'm trying to think about one i have you know if you leave vitamin c out it turns yellow so even i think even if it's clear but if you leave it in there like all week it's gonna it's gonna turn it's gonna make your hair turn yellow so you have to be a little little bit careful about that right i know there are a lot of purple and blue shampoos out there that that are marketed for oh you know sparkling grays and you know sparkling silvers i don't use them i think they're great for some people i don't use them because in my opinion you know, it's still depositing pigment on your hair. So you're still putting something on your hair. I just use a clarifying shampoo every week. And that makes them sparkly white. You see, I don't do anything else. They're, yeah. they're white. That's I actually like my amazing. White. Your white is really white, I have to say. Like, it does look really great. Yeah. So, right, just getting a clarifying shampoo, just removing the buildup and whatever kind of chemical reaction will occur also from your water. That's right. Interesting. Absolutely. So you've been able to maintain a beautiful white without the violet and blue shampoos. Yeah, n- never use them. Interesting. Now, now, if you don't want white, so some people don't want their hair to be so white. Mm-hmm. They want it more gray or silver. Then mm-hmm. those are actually really good because, you know, the blue on orange will make it look more silvery. And then the purple on blonde will, will make it right. look more gray and of, silver. Right, right. Yeah. It'll like subdue it a little bit. Exactly. And you can use those. You don't have to use them in your shampoo necessarily. You could use a deep conditioner or a conditioner with the pigments in them. And that will still have all the beneficial effects. Um, but for me, I like them as white as possible. So I use a clarifying shampoo. Interesting. Um, and then if you're going to be out in the sun, 
the sun will also turn your hair yellow when it's gray. Um, it's just the reaction that occurs. Oh. So cover it up, you know, put a nice scarf, put a hat. Um, I don't like hats in my hair because it you know, messes up my curls. Right. <laughs> it's kind of hot. Same. So a nice, a pretty scarf um, will do the job. Uh, you know, just keep them covered if you're going to be in the sun all day long. Fascinating. What an amazing point. Yeah. That's Good to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Any other graying tips or? Um, not really so much other than, you know, the other things still hold. If you want to keep your curls and coils looking nice all week, pick up your pineapple at night, you know, gather it all up here so that you sleep on the bottom of your hair. So if that frizzes up, that's okay. The curls will still be nice and preserved and use a silk pillowcase. I don't, I prefer silk over satin. Satin is Don't we synthetic. all? Don't yes. We all. And they're inexpensive silk pillowcases. Mm-hmm. They're so worth it. Mm-hmm. So worth it. Please. There's a good guys. range out there. Yeah. Okay. And then finally, let's finish with this hair salon directory that you have on your website. Let's talk about what that is and and how people can benefit from that. Sure. Yeah. So this is a sort of a dilemma that I think all curlies and coilies have is to find a stylist or a salon that knows how to cut your curly or coily hair because, oh boy, I've had so many, my hair butchered over the years in so many ways. I can't even tell you, but you know, a lot of times they, um, they, they are not trained to cut it and they don't know that if you cut it wet, for example, you know, it's all in a stretched out state. So they cut three inches off and still looks good. But as soon as it dries, it's like, Fring! <laughs> you know, it's like surprise, surprise. So to enable folks to have the most benefit of my website, which is 95%, it's free. All the information is free. The only things that, um, that you either can get a subscription to the website, which gives you a whole year access, very inexpensive. You get access to the salon database and all the ultimate guides. And we have a new one every month. Literally these guides are prepared from the 7,000 product database that I have. But the find a salon is part of that. And that is in any uh, state in the US, in Canada, the Netherlands, the UK, the Middle East and India, these are gathered. I mean, we spend so much time gathering this information. I can't even tell you, I have to pay someone just to gather all that information. So these are vetted stylists that do curly hair that other people have recommended. They go into this database so you can search it um, by uh, zip code, by city, um by state um and again if you have a subscription to the website this comes with that for free if you do not want a subscription to the website obviously you won't be able to use the salon database you can still purchase the guides though those are available individually you know if you're like i don't want a subscription i just want the deep conditioner guide which is your subscription is beyond worth it um i'm just gonna put it out there how much is it right now so it's $2.99 a month, so $3 a month, so it's $36 to have for the year. unlimited access to products, like she's done all the work for you, I think mm-hmm. that's just incredible. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. I just, I just don't know if a lot of people know about it, you know, that that is an option. So I just want to make sure that folks are aware. Um, for example, the Kids Guide, it has over 200 Kids products. And for the kids guy, we spent a lot of time making sure that we figured out which ones were clean, organic, cruelty-free, yeah. you know, important right. for babies and toddlers, for Definitely. shampoos, for conditioners, for leave-ins, everything. It's all marked up um, so that parents can make good decisions for their kids' hair. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Gaby, I feel like I could talk to you all day because you're obviously <laughs> so too. full of knowledge. I'm like, let's try and Aww. keep this in 40 minutes. We definitely did not. 
we went over and I'm happy we went over because this is so worth it. And there's so much more where this all came from. Um, Thank you for having me. If there's one thing I can ask you before we go, what is one thing that you can think of, right? I don't mean to put you on the spot, but what's one thing that you have completely changed about the way that you handle your hair ever since you got into this, you know, educating yourself about the hair health and the trichology and really diving into this industry. What would you say is that one thing you've changed that you never knew before and that you'll never go back on? Wow, that's a tough question. I mean, the biggest thing for me personally was that I figured out how to make my wash day so perfect that I can wash my hair once a week and have the style last for at least five days. That's huge because like I said, I would have to literally refresh my hair every single day, leave the house with wet hair. It was just a nightmare just to make it look like this all week. So that to me was huge because I'm a professional woman. You know, I'm, I have a very demanding job. I don't have time to, to spend a lot of time on my hair during the week. So it's like, how can you have naturally curly hair? Because I do not like any chemicals in my hair. I don't straighten my hair. I don't blow my dry hair. I want it the way I was born, my curly hair. And how can I make that look professional? All um, and I finally figured it out. You just reminded me. And that's like, that's an amazing thing, right? You're like, how do I just make my wash days more effective, style less, make my hair look better? It's like you just basically hacked the whole system. Before we go, let's actually get one question in that somebody asked us because this was one of my favorite ones. And thank you for everybody that submitted a question online on Instagram. That was so great of you guys. This was number one that I'm going to take the time to answer this. What's the best way to relax curls and tame frizz? There was a lot of questions about relaxing, straightening, taming frizz. Really? But when when they ask for relaxing, do they mean chemically relaxing or just... Okay, maybe what what they're talking about is maybe stretching out the curls mm-hmm. so they're not so tight. That that is one thing I could answer because I'm totally against chemically treating hair. I'm right. not. Uh, I don't not promote right. relaxing hair, folks. There's no need to do it. Right. Have beautiful hair as it is, you just need to treat it properly. Um, but taming frizz is a big subject. Yeah. Um, taming frizz frizz can be the, the can be caused by so many things. It could be like I said, your shampoo could be wrong. You could be using the wrong conditioner. Your hair could be so damaged that no matter what you do, it's going to be frizzy until you grow out that damage, right? It may need protein. It may have too much moisture. It's really hard to answer that without sort of knowing your characteristics and really getting you the right products and techniques. But if you have a good wash day, and, you know, I'm happy to provide uh, um, feedback on questions for free on my Facebook group. Um, my curly coily Facebook group, any question you ask, I will answer there. Amazing. What's um, the group called? Um, I should send it to you, but it's like Facebook, uh, curly and coily, I believe is the name of the group, but it's hard to find because there's so many groups out sure. there. So I might have to send you a link. Okay, cool. Yeah. Send me um, the link and I'll share fun. it online with everyone. Yep. Anyone For can sure. get on there and ask questions. I'm happy to answer. Um, but once you have figured out the right products and techniques, and if your hair is still frizzy, then there's damage. Uh, like I said, so that has to be treated a different way. But if you want to have your curls look different, you can actually stretch them out. So you could do like two strand twists or you can hang little weights at the ends so that when it dries, remember when I talked about the bonds, those hydrogen bonds, when they when the hair dries, those bonds are reformed. So the way you have your curls is how exactly it's going to dry. So right. if you want it, the other thing you can do is make these loops 
like take your hair, like sections of your hair, make a loop like this, like a ring. So when you're looking at your hair, it looks like this because you've rolled it around and then you clip it like that. And you dry it like that, you're going to have these beautiful big coils. And right. that's like how it's going to be until it gets wet. Resetting the memory a little bit. Resetting the memory. Yeah. So there's tricks to to relax the curls, so to speak, but not chemically. Ugh. You're so fabulous. Thank you so much, Gaby. This is so amazing. Um, I wish you all the success with your website. Absolutely everything curly.com. You really do put so much work behind it. Um, I have so much respect for that. And just putting out putting out information that, that just isn't out there right now. So all the thank best. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, so thank you for coming so on. And I'm sure we will be seeing much more of each other. I sure hope so. Thanks, Gaby. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to follow all my latest blog posts that help you get basically your best hair ever because that's all I focus on at blog.leona.co. I'm sharing the latest and the greatest, everything that I've shared with the media, all the different companies and brands that I've had the opportunity to work with, all the research that I'm exposed to and all the different doctors in the hair space and leading manufacturers, all those people. I put all my info out there for you blog.leona.co. You can even subscribe to my monthly newsletter with exclusive info right from there. And you can also follow me on IG at Shab Hair Expert. I'll see you guys there. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you've heard and you can think of a few other women to share this podcast with, please do leave me a quick review in whichever platform you're listening from. And if you have any recommendations or comments, email me at grow at hairlikehers.co or follow me at hairlikehers podcast on Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.